This morning, our speaker is um, director of uh, Mission Director Africa for Converge Worldwide. Uh, he and his wife, uh, Jim, Jim and Lisa Black, they're both natives of uh, Lacey here. He's probably going to tell that story. They accepted Christ at Timberline Baptist Church right up the street here. But uh, they, they, they serve in Africa. And they've been here before, and they're friends of LifePoint. Would you welcome Jim Black? Thanks, Jim. And it's a privilege to be back with you folks again. Um, yeah, I, uh, when we come back, we, we live in North Dakota right now. Um, we just, uh, I, I left, I've, I've traveled, I went down, down to Sacramento and I came back here, so I've been gone for a while. But uh, while I was gone, uh, they were blessed with over a foot of snow in our town. So they can keep it, okay, <laughs> I'll tell them so. <laughs> They can keep it. But uh, so Lisa had the privilege of, uh, of shoveling snow out of our driveway. Yeah, a lot of snow. Yeah, several times. Wet, heavy, Washington-like snow. You know, usually we get snow. When we get snow in North Dakota, it's that light, fluffy stuff, you know. If it's just a small amount of snow, I get my leaf blower out there. You know, I just blow it off, right? But uh, not this one. This is wet, heavy snow. And, and I, we, have a, we have a wonderful uh, snow blower, you know, big, powerful thing. Lisa doesn't know how to use it. So she got out there with the shovel. Boom. Anyway. You know, we could, we could come to your marriage class, but uh, we don't have a perfect marriage. But we are a pretty good one. Pretty, pretty good. It's, it's pretty darn good. I, I married up. You know, I definitely married up. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I have the privilege of, of leading uh, this movement in Africa, uh, sub-Saharan Africa. So everything, everything south of the Sahara Desert is my responsibility. Um, if you've ever flown over the north part of Africa, over the Sahara Desert, it's kind of like flying, uh, flying over a tan ocean, if you can imagine that. You know, you fly over the Atlantic Ocean, you just see miles and miles and miles of water. But then you get over to Europe and start flying south, and you fly over the Sahara Desert. And it, it looks like, if you, if you just look out a window, it looks like it never ends. You know, it's just uh, uh, a lot of sand. <laughs> a lot of sand. And, but there are least-reached people groups all through Africa. Did you know that there are 7,000 least-reached people groups in the, in the world today? Roughly a, a third of the population of the world doesn't, know about Jesus. They don't have a Bible, and they've never heard the good news about him yet. Every time I snap my fingers, somebody dies in the 1040 window without hearing about Jesus. So we have a big job to find those least reached people groups and tell them the good news, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Right? And in many of those least reached people groups, we worked with one and continue to work with one in Nigeria. 
many of those least reached people groups are, are least reached or unreached because they're hard to reach. They're resistant to the gospel. Some people die taking, trying to take the good news to some of these people groups because he, they're, they're difficult areas. But God is breaking down walls and, and because he, he wants these people groups to come to know him. And what we're looking for, this is our vision statement. This is our vision statement for Converge Worldwide International Missions. We are asking God for a gospel movement among every least reached people group in our generation. We're asking God for a gospel movement among every least reached people group in our generation. Now, I'm going to break down that down in a minute to talk about uh, what we mean by a, a gospel movement. But I want us to, to look at the beginning of a gospel movement in the book of Acts, chapter 19. If you have a Bible and you want to open it and want to read along, uh, I'll be reading from Acts 19. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. But uh, here is the beginning of a gospel movement in the, in the province of Asia in the city of Ephesus, okay? This... Uh, this is a wild story, wild and, and, and interesting story. And uh, if you want to understand the, the, the theology of all this stuff, you, you know, Pastor Jim will be glad to talk to you about that later, <laughs> in months and months later. Uh, but this is what happened. Uh, Acts 19, starting with verse 1, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, um, no, we've never, not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told, he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. The way, by the, by the way, is uh, a code name for Christianity. Okay? First century. The way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus, a local university. Lecture Hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. Whoa. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating, they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. In the name of the Lord, Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who had believed now came openly and confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. 
When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. Bunch of money. In this way, the, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who had made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in no little business for the craftsmen. He called them together along with the workmen in related trades and said, Men, you know we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led led astray large numbers of people in Ephesus and and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that man-made gods are no gods at all. There's a danger, not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited and the goddess goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in uproar. Okay, let me stop there. So we've heard a little bit about, maybe more than a little bit, about movements. We've heard recently, uh, in recent days, of the Me Too movement, especially as, you know, uh, Brett Kavanaugh was being investigated, and, and the Me Too movement was loud. And we've heard about the Black Lives Matter movement. We sort of understand what these movements are about, and the, the, the thinking, and why people are, are passionate about them. But what is a gospel movement. What's a gospel movement? When Paul and his colleagues arrived in Ephesus, things got messy. (laughs) Things got really messy and chaotic and dangerous. Um, You know, oftentimes we talk about uh, Jesus and the the peace he brings into relationships. And he does bring uh, bring wonderful peace into our hearts. And and sometimes our relationships, uh, because he is the Prince of Peace, um, and he, he does that. But sometimes when Jesus comes into our lives and, and, we, and we share the good news about Jesus, it gets hectic and messy and dangerous. Um, God opened up some doors for us in, in Nigeria to work uh, among a Muslim people group, and we were seeing some fantastic things happening. We were seeing people come to Christ. We were seeing churches established. And then there was this conflict between the Muslims and the Christians in this area, and uh, my name was on a hit list for a while. Uh, they wanted to take me out because uh, I was uh, a part of, actively part of seeing these people come to Christ and, and seeing things happen. And, and there was there were, there was threats, you know. Um, that happens at times when the gospel is beginning to spread. So the Brotherhood of Silversmiths, the Union, got together and dragged Paul, Paul's friends, Gaius and Aristarchus, into the city center. And um, Paul wanted to go in and try and cool things down. His friends said, no way, don't go there. You'll get killed. You'll definitely get killed. So, you know, uh, sometimes, like I said, when we bring the, when the gospel starts to spread in the community, there is tension and there, there are problems. Uh, and that's what Acts 
19 is talking about, the beginning of a gospel movement. I want us to, to, uh, to see this video. It's just a five-minute video about the, the ministry of J.J. and Melissa Alderman, our missionaries in the south, south part of Togo. We're J.J. and Melissa Alderman, serving as missionaries in Togo, West Africa. We moved back to Togo in 2009 as a couple. Since then, God has blessed us with three little girls under the age of five. So now, we are a family that lives on the mission field. Hi, I'm Mia Alderman. Our family moved to Togo so we can tell people about Jesus. When we drive our car in Togo, we see idols on the side of the road. There are many people in Togo that pray to these idols, but they don't pray to the one true God. Hi, my name is Aubrey, and I'm four years old. We have three girls in our family, and I'm the middle sister. I have an older sister, and her name is Mia. I have a little sister, and her name is Grace. My family, we speak French with the Togolese. I love speaking French. Bonjour, je m'appelle Mia. Je suis un. Je m'avais à l'école. Ma mère est ma maîtresse. Mono is our monkey, and I love to scratch his belly. I love to play with him. Aziz is a wonderful man. He helps me ride a horse, and we get to see him every week. Aziz does not know Jesus. He prays to Allah. That's why my family came to Togo to tell Aziz and his friends about the one true God. I like to go and watch with my sisters. Except Lee. Except Grayson says, uh. Say Odette. Delali. Can you say Mono? For several years, we have been praying that God would give us teammates to work with here in Anaho. He has. You know, in 2009, when we first moved back to Anaho, we planted the first church in the gazebo in the front yard along with a Togolese couple. Since that point, we've watched believers reach other Togolese with the gospel of Christ. We've watched believers disciple others, and the first church plant has now planted into our churches. Those churches are now gearing up to plant additional churches. And so our role is changing and that we are walking alongside the Togolese church, the Togolese believers, as they continue to propel the gospel forward to the very many people out there among the Wachi and Geb people group that haven't yet heard. And so thank you for your partnership. Thank you for walking alongside us, praying for us diligently, giving sacrificially. Thank you so much. We're your partners here in Togo, West Africa. Aren't those little girls just the cutest? <laughs> wow. Um, cool family. Really cool family. Um, so uh, what is a gospel movement? Uh, I, 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 there are, basically, there are four indicators of a gospel movement. The first is this. Many people are coming to faith in Jesus. Okay, in, in, in Acts it says, in verse 10, it says, All the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. And then verse 20, it says, uh, verse 20 says this, In this way the word of the Lord spread widely 
and grew in power. So many people were coming to Jesus. This is the beginning of a gospel movement. We're seeing a lot of people come to know Jesus. And we're seeing this begin in Togo, where, uh, where JJ and, and Melissa are working. We're seeing uh, quite a number of people come to know Jesus. And it, this is out of a context of the, the voodoo religion. Southern Togo is the home of the, the starting point of the voodoo religion. For, for three or four centuries now, voodoo has been the primary religion in southern Togo. I've been there, folks, and I've been in a lot of places in Africa. But this is one of the, the darkest places I've been in Africa. It's really dark, spiritually dark. It, the dark is almost palpable. The darkness is almost palpable. You can feel it, you know, because, because uh, Satan is, is at work in a lot of ways there. So that's a great place to have the light, right? Where it's dark, you want the light. And Jesus is the light of the world, and he's made us to be light and salt. So, so we, we, we have a strong calling. We have a strong sense of, of calling to this area. We, and so JJ, JJ is, has become the initiative leader for what's called the Six Degree Initiative. That's that area across Togo, across Benin. The country of Benin and into Nigeria is six degrees. We call it six degree initiative because it's on the six degree uh, latitude. Uh, that, it used to be the, 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 the starting point, the sending point of slavery. Thousands upon thousands of slaves were sent from the slave coast to Cuba, South America, and North America. Uh, and and, and you, you, you get that darkness. You get a sense of that darkness there. But many people are coming to faith in Jesus. Secondly, another sign of a gospel movement is lives transformed by the gospel. We read in, in Acts, many of those who believed came and openly confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. You see transformation in lives. And we're seeing lives transformed in southern, southern Togo and other places in Africa. We're seeing lives transformed. People who, used to, uh, uh, people who used to abuse drugs and alcohol, getting set free from that. And, and, and marriages being built and rebuilt. Uh, just lives transformed, miraculously transformed. Uh, and you can, you can, if you if you connect with with JJ and Melissa, they'll tell you about lives transformed. Another th- sign, the third sign of a gospel movement is this: the community is impacted and in, in transformed. The community is impacted and transformed. So that's why Demetrius was mad because the community there were things happening in the community. He was afraid that he and his union were going to go out of business because their business was making shrines of the goddess Arme- uh, Artemis. And so because the community was being impacted, people were becoming Jesus worshipers and God followers. They were leaving the worship of Artemis, and it was affecting the community, affecting uh, the community. And as as more and more people in southern Togo come to faith in Jesus, it's going to affect the voodoo shrines. People are going to stop going to the shrines. And and, and those who operate the shrines are going to be losing business and don't think that, that the evil one, the father of lies, our adversary, is going to take that lightly. There is spiritual opposition. Uh, there's serious spiritual op- opposition. But the community is being transformed by the power of the gospel. We're seeing this begin in southern Togo. Fourth sign of a gospel movement is this. Churches are being planted. Church multiplication is resulting. 
in the churches that we're planting in, in southern Togo, we, the strategy is to find a city and plant brick-and-mortar churches in that city, in strategic areas of the city. And then out of those brick-and-mortar churches, we're planting house churches, house churches that might meet under a mango tree or uh, in somebody's courtyard or, or whatever. So we plant, plant one brick-and-mortar church, and, and really basic structure with a, with a fence, a, a wall around it, so the, and, and a courtyard in, in there. But uh, it's a strategy, and we're seeing multiple ch- churches planted. Um, and, and this is happening. This is beginning to happen in southern Togo. So we are starting to see signs of a gospel movement in southern Togo. We're going to, we're going to see pushback. And we know it. We're already seeing pushback. Our missionaries in Togo are confronting three to four hundred years of this voodoo religion and the, and the spirituality that's behind it. In fact, uh, J.J. tells the story of uh, a night when he, he told this story to me. He said they, they, one night their little, little girl, Gracie, who's just the baby of the, of the three girls, uh, uh, woke up in the middle of the night screaming, just screaming. And the mom went in. It took her a long time to get Gracie settled down and finally back to sleep. The same night, at the same time, one of the pastors that they had that they're working with, he and his friend got together because they they knew they were under spiritual attack, demonic attack. And this pastor and his friend, this Togolese pastor and his friend, did spiritual warfare prayer throughout the night. They didn't sleep that night. They just spent the whole night in spiritual warfare prayer because they knew they were under attack. And by the end of the night. They had won the victory, and, and they knew that the power was broken right then. Um, we, we, can, we can expect, when we start sharing the gospel with our friends and our neighbors, listen, the, the, the God of this world blinds the minds and hearts of those who do not believe so that they won't believe. So sharing your faith. Hello. Sharing your faith with a person who doesn't know Jesus, you're treading on some serious ground. But hello, Jesus has won the victory. And if the sun, listen, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And Jesus is setting people free here in Thurston County. Jesus is setting people free in Africa. Jesus is at work because Jesus wants followers he wants followers. And God the Father wants a host of people to be in heaven. <laughs> he created us for his glory. He wants us to be a people who glorify him, who worship him, who know Jesus and follow him, who are, who are brought under the shed blood of Jesus and made clean, made righteous, made whole, and being, being, uh, being people who, who actively seek others to bring them into relationship with Jesus, seeing them made active and whole and complete in him. So a gospel movement is, is, is seen by these four things, where, where, where we're seeing communities transformed, we're seeing churches planted. You know, not only are the, are the aldermans, our missionaries there, uh, planting churches and leading people to Christ, they, they have uh, purchased 25 acres of land. They live on the south shore of this lake, and over on the north shore of this lake, they've purchased 25 acres out there, and their, their vision is to start a camp for young people ages 16 to 25, 
and they're going to they're going to introduce them to the gospel. They're going to disciple them. If they don't already know Jesus, they're going to introduce them to the gospel. They're going to disciple them, and then they're going to do leadership training. The focus is going to be leadership training. And out of that, they're believing God for young pastors to come out of that because they believe that God is going to plant, God is going to help them plant a whole lot of churches across the slave coast. And they're going to need leaders, so they're getting ready now. They're getting ready for those leaders that they're going to need in the future. Because, you see, you can't, you can't plant churches if you don't have leaders to lead them, right? So they're believing God for a, a gospel movement. We're believing God for a gospel movement in Togo where we're going to plant a lot of churches because a lot of people are going to be coming to faith in Jesus and communities are going to be transformed and we're going to need leaders who so are preparing for those, those leaders now. So one of the things... I'm getting out of my. I was here a year ago, and I talked to somebody who who uh, does finds water, you know, electronic, not not witching for water, but you know, with the right equipment, finding water. And 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 I, I connected him with with JJ because we got this 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 land to develop, and we're gonna need uh, good water. But we also need electricians. We need plumbers. We need uh, Finnish carpenters. German carpenters are okay, but we prefer Finnish carpenters. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we need, you know, do some finished carpentry, those kinds of things. So, you know, if you guys want to put together some teams and, and come out and help develop this camp, that'd be awesome. If, if you think, well, we're a little afraid to go to West Africa, we've never been there, and we don't know other ropes, hey, get a hold of me. I'll walk you through it. I'll go with you. I'll walk you through it. No problem. I've been there. I can, I can walk you through that. Okay? And a lot of things happening. Um, they started a pastor training school. They started this pastor training school where they're already equipping uh, pastors who, who have come to them and, and said, yes, we, we, we are a pastor or we want to be a pastor, can you, but we need some training because, you know, to, to be realistic, they've never gone to seminary or any Bible college. They, they graduate maybe high school and, they, and they've got a Bible and they know how to read. So now they're a pastor. <laughs> but they need, they need help and they know it. They need help and skills, developing skills to be a, a youth pastor. The sixth degree initiative is also using sports events. You might say, well, I'm not an electrician, I'm not a plumber, and uh, uh, whatever, so, but, but I, I, I love volleyball, or I love, I love soccer, which we call football out there. Uh, you know, could I help with that? Could I help with a sports camp? Yeah, you could help with that. Uh, we've seen a lot of people, a lot of kids, you know, youth come to Christ through the sports camps. Uh, what they do is they, they start, a, <laughs> they start a, a volleyball game on the church compound, and they go, go out through all the whole uh, uh, neighborhood and say, hey, come on over. Let's, let's play some volleyball or let's play some so- soccer. And they get the soccer game going, and then they call timeout. Okay, everybody, let's get, let's get a drink of water. Let's sit on, relax for a minute. And then they, somebody shares their testimony, you know? They share their testimony about how they came to know Jesus. And, and then they, they invite kids to come to know Jesus, or they invite them to come back to church. And, uh, and so we are seeing a lot of youth come to know Jesus through these sports camps. And sporting events. And so there, there are so many ways that you could get involved with skills that God has already given you. See, skills that God has already invested you. In Togo, in your neighborhood, in, in people's lives, wherever God should propel you. There, God has invested in you. If you know Jesus, that's one huge investment God has made in you. <laughs> you know the gospel, right? There's 7,000. 7,000 people groups on the face of the earth today who are qualified as least reached or unreached people groups.
at every snap of my finger, somebody who doesn't know Jesus slips into eternity. They die. Never having known the gospel. And we have the gospel. We have the good news. We know that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And he propels us. He, he calls us to join him on mission. Whether it's in Togo or whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's someplace here in Thurston County where you know people need to know Jesus, he calls us to join him as ambassadors for Christ. Regularly, these are just some practical ways that you could get more involved. Regularly connect with your missionaries. Regularly connect with Ashley Seiler. The, the kids are supporting Ashley Seiler, who's one of our missionaries in Togo. Wonderful young lady. Works with children there. Wonderful young lady. Um, connect with, with her and other people. Uh, make sure that you know uh, that you're getting her newsletter and, and you're connecting with, with people like her. Step up your commitment to praying and communicating with Ashley and others in the Togo team. Here, number three, find out how you might use your skills to develop the Togo Palms Initiative, the, the, the project there. How, how could you be involved in helping develop that camp? Number four, consider sending a team to do a project such as building a cabin, Leading Bibles, leading on VBS. Don't worry about the fact that you don't speak French. Uh, they'll they'll provide in, uh, tra- uh, translators for you. Get involved in in, in doing that. Um, the init- number five, the initiative needs some financial help. So consider getting involved financially w- with the initiative and covering some of those costs for the initiative. Number six, and this is the last one. Considering going to, to doing a, a internship of six to eight weeks in Togo. See, what we, what we, are, we have this strategy in Togo. We, we invite teams to come over, and then when those teams are there, JJ and Melissa are watching carefully to see, you know, who gets it, you know, who, who, who might be missionaries down the road. And then they invite them to come back and do an internship. And then when they come back to do a six- to eight-week internship, then they contact those people and say, hey, you survived six weeks. <laughs> How about coming back? You know, long term. How about joining us on the team? And they are developing quite a team. Uh, that that team is growing faster than any other any of our other teams in Africa. And God is blessing in some amazing ways. But let me just leave you with this challenge, okay? Let me just let me just park it here. Um, if you know Jesus, like I said earlier, you have you have a huge wealth, huge wealth. You you know Jesus. You you know forgiveness of sin. You know what it means to live righteously. You have, uh, you have God living in you by the person of the Holy Spirit today. You have a Bible. You have the ability to understand that Bible uh, because the Holy Spirit is helping you to do, to do just that. You have a community of people around you because you have believers who care for you and can help you to be discipled and grow in, grow in grace and the knowledge of God. God has invested so much in you. God has given you a lot. How are you investing? How are you investing what God has given you? Are you being that ambassador he's called you to be? Are you, are you using the skills, the abilities, the spiritual gifts that God has invested in you? Are you using them for the glory of God to see other people come to know Jesus or see people, people grow in their faith.
God doesn't call any of us. God doesn't call any of us to sit, soak, and be sour. Nobody. God calls all of us, every last one of us. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are called to be his ambassador, to be his witness. You're called to be his witness. I'm called to be his witness. Are we obeying? To obey is better than sacrifice. Are we obeying? We have no excuse to sit, soak, and sour. None. Zero. Can I lead us in prayer? Jesus, thank you for your great sacrifice. I was just sitting there a while ago looking at that cross over there in the front here. And the elements, the bread and the juice, thinking, wow, what a great sacrifice. What a great sacrifice you made, Jesus. To take away not only our sin, but to take away the sin of the world. But still there are so many people who have never heard about your first coming. Forget about your second coming. They've never heard about your first coming. Jesus, would you speak to us? Would you propel us by your spirit to be your witnesses locally and globally? So we are investing everything, everything, everything that you've put into us. Amen.